What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Healthy Scratch podcast on Hot Sauce Sports. My name is Spencer Plamondo. I'm Tyler O'Connor. I'm Chris Jostakovas. And we are Healthy Scratch. A lot's happened uh, since our last show. The deadlines happened, the Vancouver outbreak, Colorado's dealing with some stuff. Uh, the Habs are still struggling. The Leafs are struggling right now, too. So it's like, there's a lot of struggles all around that we got to talk about today. It's going to be a be a real depressing show um off the top let's let's just cover the deadline quickly a little bit here so some fairly big moves let's talk about the taylor hall move quickly taylor hall was moved to boston the return people were a little underwhelmed with um i wanted to just say on the subject quickly like the return that they got that second round pick and um anders bjork like hall held all the the power right like he he had a full no movement clause they knew when they gave it to him that this could happen so like the return i thought was actually you know, made sense. I don't know about you guys, but it, it, the return was fine because he wanted to play in Boston, but exactly. he was willing to play for the Islanders and the Islanders offered Buffalo the same package they offered for Palmieri. So the first two B type prospects um, and Kevin Adams said, no, I can do better. And then Lou Lamorell said, sure, and went to get Palmieri. And then that offer was off, was gone for Hall. And then Hall had his blinders on Buff, on Boston. So yeah, he got kind of screwed. I did hear too, though, that Lou wasn't sure which direction he was going. Like it's obviously we're just, uh, we're going off of rumors, but like I'd heard that he was maybe playing the two against each other a little bit. So I don't know if it's Paul. It's he might he might have decided he wanted to go to, obviously he did actually, he decided he wanted to, to go the route, the Palmieri route in the end anyway but regardless i thought it was a little uh, blown out of proportion that people were freaking out about that return like the return made sense given the circumstance um, yeah he wanted to play in boston and yeah. if he resigns in boston no one will be surprised exactly yeah. well he he wanted to be a bruin like long before this season yeah that's like always kind of just been his end game yeah so he wanted to go that place he went to the place he wanted to go the return's not going to yeah. be the same as if you can send him anywhere some of the highest bidder <clears throat> um if that happened in the with the islanders though then obviously that's a not good. Uh, the Mantha Verana trade was the the big one of the day. Uh, fuck Steve Eiserman, man. The, the details of this trade kept trickling in when it happened, and at first it wasn't sure which, like where the picks were, if there were picks, and like the more it kept trickling in, the more it was just like, oh, like Eiserman really got a good return. And then by the time the dust had settled and you saw like both the picks were going that way, it was like, wow, this is a, a great return. That being said, I think Mantha is a very good player. I think it could work out well for both sides. Um, Great start he's got going on in, in Washington so far. What did you guys think of this trade? Ty, what do you think? Um, I mean, it, it kind of made sense for both sides. I think it's one of those ones where I very I like Vrana a lot as a hockey Me player. Me too. Chris, I, te- I remember I texted you like a long time ago, and I said, I think my favorite, one of my favorite forgotten NHL players is Vrana. Very good hockey player. Um, So, you know, I but at the same time, Matt, they going back the other way, like – if Washington, this is Washington saying, you know, all our guys are getting a bit older. We have a couple more kicks at this. We think Mantha gives us, gives us a better chance to win right now than Vrana, which I could agree with. Um, apparently, so Verana, I, I haven't been following the Capitals, but apparently, Verana was in the doghouse. In, yeah, uh, apparently, in yeah. yeah and, he, he had the, he's had the Burakovsky experience where yeah. an elite player is playing on the third line and being told to body check. Yeah. exactly so like i mean like I, I i do think if you look at the trade as a whole i think detroit comes out on top but if you look at it for what each team needs at this given moment it comes out across about even in my mind it makes sense um, again if, right? if, if if it if washington thinks it gives up that that 
you know, that, that, that extra juice to finally get to get one more cup for all the old guys call it a career. Um, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a, sometimes you got to give up a little bit more yeah. if, if that's, if you think you have a real shot. Yeah. And honestly, like the return, I don't know, given the, the circumstances, it seemed like a lot cause it was a buyer's market and like it was, it's a very good return. That's a great return no matter what the market is. But like, I feel mm. like this year there was this weird, like when people were giving up like second round picks, people were like, Oh my God, they're giving up second round picks when like normally under normal circumstances, when it's not a COVID year and there's no flat cap. Yeah you're you're yeah. seeing way more movement than that so like i i thought that was actually a little weird too i thought like if anything this year even or even and especially if picks are being treated as more valuable because of the the, the circumstances like to me it, this seems like the year to fucking move them because they've got increased value yeah. and you don't know what the hell's going on with scouting you can't watch half these players but anyway it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes you know yeah for yeah. sure okay. uh it, all we need to know is that steve eiserman usually knows what he's doing yeah. yeah, so I'm going to trust them. Exactly. In the famous words of Rachel Dory, uh, Steve <laughs> yes, Eiserman and Joe Sackick are playing 5D chess, while Jim Benning is gluing macaroni to cardboard paper. Thank you. I didn't have to set it up. That was such a great quote, man. I was I died when I read that. It was gold. ruthless. An all timer. But... An all timer. Yeah. Yeah. Ruthless, but not untrue. The Tanner Pearson signing on its own isn't so bad <laughs> when you hold it up against all the others that they've got. Oh, dude. Yeah, you you can't keep the Foley because you run out of time, so you make sure you don't run out of time on Tanner Pearson. Woo. I won't complain. Hey, they both used to play for LA. It's basically the same player. Um, Patrick Marlowe broke Gordie Howe's all-time games played record. This is an unbelievable accomplishment. Like, I I think about this, and, like, I I didn't expect to see it broken in my lifetime. I think as I think Patty Marlowe deserves like all the kudos in the world. I wanted to bring it up quickly because there was there was a weird like controversy that brewed a little bit before the game happens uh, in the analytics community. And without naming names, like it was just there was a couple of people that were that have pretty good followings that were that were like saying that they didn't feel it didn't sit right with them that Marlowe was getting the record this year with how bad he's been playing and that the Sharks putting him in the lineup is bad for hockey basically and like they're just doing it so that he'll get the record and like i could not and beyond that too then once he got the record there were these weird reactions of like like there were people were pissed off at him because he wasn't he's not gordy howe like he's not an all-time player like this is he's a great player who's had an incredibly long career uh, and he's been successful playing above replacement level every season except for this year and you're trying to take away. I don't understand. I don't get why you would take away from the accomplishment. I don't think there's any way to take away from the accomplishment. The San Jose Sharks are a rebuilding team. It's COVID. There's a condensed schedule. He's old. It, like there's all these factors point towards a season of struggle. Like it, it makes sense that he might struggle and they've still got him in the top six. They had him on the top power play the other day. Like the NHL team he plays for clearly thinks he is valuable enough to the team to have him in those roles. Yeah. That is more than good enough for me to think he deserves all the credit and that this is all on the level. Like, I, I don't understand where this, this, this is the first year he's below replacement level. Like that's insane. He's obviously been good for 23 seasons. Well, it's not I, a big deal that he's not amazing at 41 years old. Yeah, it's I, fine. Exactly. Good for I, him. You beat the record. I don't know why we're mad about it at all. Thank you. I'm sorry. Is, is this, is this one we're going to finally like take out the fact that like, this is the first year that he's below replacement level. There's literally always been a bad hockey players in the NHL. The yeah. ongoing joke is that there are so many bad hockey players in the, in the NHL that NHL GMs don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and now it's an issue because he's breaking a record. All of a sudden the, the, yeah. the, the sharks are giving him a handout. 
Yeah, but Ty, it's hockey. We're prone to bad takes. Is it Rosie Damano and her? Uh, yeah, let me read it. He read should it, have retired it. the game before because he's not Gordy Howe out of respect. Why are we calling it a record if it can't be broken? Because that'd be rude. Don't call it a record. Like I, I don't. It's I don't know. I don't I, understand. I, I, was, I thought it was satire. I thought it was a complete joke that people are like upset about it. Honestly, I was confused by it as well. I was like, this is so bizarre, especially for Patty Marlowe. Like, it's not like it was yeah. like a controversial figure. Like, it's this guy no, is like he's always been loved. Yeah, he's so like, like milk toast. He's just like inoffensive. Everyone likes Patrick Marlowe. Like he he's not yeah. a guy. He's always played the game, you know, quote unquote, the right way. He's never been dirty. Yeah. Always worked hard. I, I I don't get it. Like, Great player. If, if he made the money he's making now when he was on the Leafs, no one yeah. would have been mad at him. Yeah, because he, he was making yeah. six and a half million dollars at thirty nine years old. Mm. Yeah, that's less than convenient. I like need to get rid of that. But that's like, the only the, reason he left. They liked him in Toronto. Yeah. The the only the only like the only real argument that I that I can hear that I hear from anybody that I that I genuinely think okay like this is like this is a debate worth having is if you do genuinely want to say that. Gordy Howe played in another league and those those games should count. If you want to have that debate, that's fine. But if you're gonna strip away the fact that this is an NHL set record, like like I I just don't like he fuck it. That's insane. 23 years? That's insane. Yeah. He missed how many how many he's missed. Oh, I just heard it the other day. I mean he's lived through three lockouts. He but like he's missed, Everyone I think, in his three, career no. something like Two? 83 games in his entire yeah, he, career. He currently has the longest active iron That's insane. You know how crazy it is to be in a, a professional athlete and play 23 seasons? Yeah, like, like just by chance, there's a hot there, like just by pure chance, you should like miss more than 83 games just because sports crazy and yep. that like unfortunate accidents happen sometimes and like it's hockey sometimes too. you just turn wrong on the ice and yeah. you're out for a month and a half you you want you want context mm. the last time patrick marlowe missed a game due to injury yeah. was before the leafs acquired phil kessel <laughs> acquired insane. not traded away before they acquired phil well, kessel what, what was that other stat on him um patty marlowe has been involved in an nhl game with 31 percent of all nhl players who have ever played in the league like for and against 31 percent oh my god that's in it's either it's in the like low 30s that's astonishing and right. people are gonna so, try to take it away the thing that's fucked up to me is like you look at that and it's an astonishing fact right like that is incredible yeah. that's what this record is this isn't a skill-based record no this is a longevity based record this is about, this exactly. is about durability Dude, the, the the fact that this guy's forty one years old, he's been doing it for twenty three years, and he's still able at the end of every season go, I'm gonna keep myself in shape and get my body ready for next season. That's insane. That's insane. Like, I, I don't understand the fucking. I don't get it. And it, it's like I was saying before, if you want to have that whole debate about how Gordy Howe played in another league and those games should count because other professional sport leagues count those, blah blah blah. That's a debate that's worth having. But if you're just trying to strip him away from this accomplishment just because you're upset or you think that somehow it's offending, if Gordy Howe was still alive today, I could promise you he'd have nothing but respect for Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, I I like, cannot imagine he would not. It doesn't make any sense. Like I don't the whole no. like mad at him because he's not like one of the greatest players of all time. Like fuck you, he's yeah. a great player. Like. I don't understand why if Ovi ever hits 893 goals, should he just retire? Should he not no. even like contemplate 
breaking the should he just say oh i don't want to offend the great one so i'm just going to call it quits records are meant to be broken yeah it's literally the point of records yep. that's why we have a whole book of records that's it anyway i just thought that was that was silly i think patrick marlowe deserves all that the credit insane. in the world and clearly yep. we're on the same page about that uh yep. yeah let's move on into the montreal Canadiens here so the habs are struggling there's there's no way around it. It's been a it's been a difficult stretch here since the the time off from COVID. They got a big win last night against Edmonton. They held on uh, despite the 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 late push by Edmonton, four three win. I think that was a big win. I think they there were a lot of positives. They looked better overall, um, but it's been a, it's been a tough stretch. Like a they're really not looking like a team that stands a chance in the playoffs. Honestly, and like I know Gallagher is out, but. I don't understand how the reaction to Gallagher being out and the way the team plays in his absence, I don't understand how it's the exact same this year as in past years when the roster has been buffed up so much. Like there's so much more depth that's supposed to be able to carry the team through this. And the reaction, they look like the exact same team that's lost Gallagher in in past years where they just look lost. That's been really frustrating. Ty, what have you, uh, what's your, your take on the struggles lately? No, they just look lost. And the thing that's pissing me off the most when I watch them is that for a team that as annoying as it was, like made such a big deal about how we like the leadership group and the the right guys in the locker room, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Like you don't see any of that. Like they just like, they just look lost from the moment the puck drops till the moment the last buzzer goes. Like they look, I don't know. I like, I, I understand the importance that Gallagher brings to the team, both talent-wise as a hockey player, but also just as, like, the little engine that could kind of thing. But, like, it's weird how it has this much of an impact, yeah. this instantaneously. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just – it's a little concerning. I do think – I think they're better than what they've been playing. Oh, um, yeah. um, it's just, you know, I don't Unfortunately know. Unfortunately for them, they've proven that they're better yeah. than they're – like, they've, they've yeah. shown – like how good they can be obviously like that's them on a hot streak that's them playing a, at a high that's them at their best yeah. but they like you you've really got the contrast in this same well, season the biggest issue with the Habs is like we always joke about they they're still lacking that high-end elite talent right yeah. up front they're still lacking that firepower up front for now at least we don't know what the young guys but for the time being they're still they don't have that threat up front, right? Yeah, the game-breaking so, talent. Exactly. So for them to win, they have to. They don't necessarily have to play a perfect game, but they have to be go. Like, there's no like, oh, don't worry, our team's gonna kind of be off, but we'll just McDavid's gonna take over and we'll yeah. be fine. Like for the Habs this season, when they f- came out flying out of the gate, it's because they were playing nearly perfect hockey. Yeah, and I'm not saying they have to do that to win, but they're a team that's built on playing a for strong a team system that, like, game. Exactly. For yep. a team that loves to promote how, like, the depth that it has, which, it, like, the, the, the team that does have good depth, like, the depth cannot let them down. They have to be rolling. Yeah. Each line has to be rolling every night. They can't afford off nights. It's uh, it's It's been frustrating. I'm, <clears throat> I'm really at a loss a little bit. And it's, it's frustrating, too, to see the, the changes. Like, when Ducharme first took over, there were some changes shining through in, in the way they were moving the puck and the, the creativity. And there was some exciting signs in their game that I feel like have just vanished. Like the, they're, they're, I, I made a tweet on our account about how like they've been playing remarkably consistent lately. They're boring <laughs> as hell, whether they win or lose. And that's like, I that's, it's been so boring. 
every well, game has been boring. Yeah. Lot, like the, well, the Oilers game was better, but like fuck. But if Ducharme the... heard you say that, he would be creaming his shorts right now. Who's that? that? If if Ducharme heard you say that the games are boring, he'd be creaming his shorts. But see, this is the thing. Yeah, I've heard that he in junior was not this coach at all. Like he wasn't a super defensive coach. I, I I did not follow him. I can't vouch for this myself, but I was just seeing a lot of that uh, on Twitter about how like what you're seeing, the style, the system you're seeing them play is not Ducharme hockey. Yeah, but I can't well, speak to I that think, personally. Well, I no, I think I think there's truth to what you said, and I think the other issue is too like when teams are struggling. What's the old cliche? Like you, you dumb it down. You keep, keep it, simple. it simple, you know, yeah. dump and chase. If you, if, if, if you're struggling, all you can do is get pucks in deep and, you know, keep the game simple. But the issue is the dangerous, the danger with that is that you can dumb it down too much. Yeah. You can get it too robotic and too boring and you can, you can make it too predictable. And that's always been the house yeah. problem is that they, they're has. too predictable as a team because they don't have that game breaking talent. But outside of that, they also just like, they've always been very like structurally sound, which is fine. But it's also like it's predictable, and once yeah. teams figure out how to contain you, like you you can even see it in games now. Like when they have room with the puck, or they whenever there's an opportunity for for them to show like a little creativity or like a little like spunk, they don't. Yeah, like it's very boring. It's and you can that's the issue is you can go too far on the other side where it's too boring and too slow and too predictable. Yeah, and that seems to be the direction it's gone. Like it's it's they've been it's been a slog. It's been yeah. very much a slog lately. Yeah. Uh, hoping to see that that improve. John Merrill played his first game last night. Oh, he looked great. He looked good. He did. He looked. I liked good. him. I liked him too. Maybe I was seeing something that wasn't there, but he seemed Romanov seemed a little bit more. Like he did earlier on the season, yeah, with Merrill back there, like he seemed a little bit more jumpy, like he, yeah. like a little more pep in his step, yeah, you know, like he knew, knew like he trusted his partner. Like he I was knew. just gonna say, yeah. yeah, he hasn't really had the partners that he can. Even Kulak, I feel like with Kulak, just like maybe just by virtue of not having great chemistry, they didn't seem to have a ton of trust yeah. for one another. Sometimes the guy you're comp- you, sometimes your line mates can be good, and it could still not work. Like yeah. that, that's part of the sport too. Yeah, for sure. It's it it just doesn't always line up, right? So it, mm-hmm. it's nice to see. It's great to see Romanov having that partner and having that kind of. It's one game, obviously, but it's nice to see him him reacting that way for sure. And he did. He had a lot of jump in his step, and he was throwing the body around. And Romanov's yeah. uh, he's showing more confidence in general lately. He, even throughout this streak, the the losing well, I don't want to say losing streak, but the the stretch where they've been struggling, he's yeah. looked better throughout. So it's been nice to see that. Like I feel like he's been trying to elevate and, and bring that energy. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to see, you know, like that's, that's, yep. that's what you want to see from everyone. Honestly, hopefully Gustafson is in the lineup at some point and maybe can help out on the power play a little bit, a little bit. That power play is terrible. It, it looked like there was a light at the end of the tunnel when Burroughs first took over, but that's long gone. And they look the exact yeah. same as they always have. Shea Weber's got to be nursing an injury. He's not shooting. And even if he was like, it's still, one note, right? What's what are you expecting? Shea Weber slash. Right. Shot. Then we're just back to the, the yeah. good old days. Yeah. Of um, hoping that his rocket gets through. Jonathan Drouin <clears throat> has been struggling. He's <clears throat> an interesting player for me. He's played the best hockey of his career. I stand by that this year. He's brought his game back to the basics in a way that I think he's really struggled to do in the past. He had started to last year, but then the injuries kind of kicked him off. I feel like he's going to be a key contributor down the stretch once this cold streak turns. Yep. 
I I feel like every year Drouin gets hot, and it hasn't really happened this year. Like Drouin has not really had that period where he really got his feet under him and was contributing offensively in a big way. Um, he did look very good early in the year playing a more complete game, and he did have that jump, and he stood out for the right reasons in that sense. But he he hasn't had that moment this year, um, and I feel like Drouin's got something coming. I don't know. It's it's this is purely gut feeling. I'm just going off of my gut, but. <laughs> I don't know. That's your boy. Uh, that's your boy, Ty. What are you feeling about Drew right now with the the, str- the struggles he's been having? I might be one of the few people in the city or in this fan base who who think this, but I honestly don't think he's been as bad as people are making him out to be. I don't think somewhere. he's been terrible. He just uh, hasn't and, been. And like, here's the thing: like, much. yeah, no, and I, I I'm not gonna disagree with you. I, okay, I'm gonna. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a big fan of his. So like, maybe <laughs> I'm just biased and blind as, as uh, maybe I've got my head up my ass. Like that. That's a real possibility. I would. It won't be the first time I'm wrong about this sport, but right. There's a few issues here with him that, that I think like people don't take into consideration. And one of them is he is one of the few guys on the team where when things go south, everyone points and goes, it's your fault. You yeah. know, Dwayne, Weber, Price, when, when shit hits the fan, it, it doesn't matter what they're doing on the ice. The, the people put their blinders on and they assume that it's, you know what, it's got to be your fault. So I think he's kind of getting a bit of that where it's it's people are people are looking for reasons for this team to be struggling. They already don't like him as a player. They see him screw up once and they're like, ah, you see. That's the big thing no though, because like his his or his screw ups are like obvious, right? When he makes those screw ups, yes. they don't happen a ton, but when they happen, they stand out, and that's what people well, notice. Because- but but it's they stand out bias. because he's the most talented player on the team. Yeah. Like he's got the most raw skills. So when he does make a so when he does fuck up a pass, when he does um fuck up a move, it's because he's the only guy on the team who's really trying those passes yeah. and trying those moves. That being said, I'm not going to disagree. I know he needs to be better. There have been moments recently, and even games as a whole, where he looks like he's showing kind of showing his old tendencies again. And I don't want to say yeah. lazy because I think. I think lazy is a lazy way of describing an athlete. He just looks like he's kind of lost again. You know, he looks like he's kind of caught puck watching a bunch, kind of a little confused on what's going on. Yeah. And I think, again, I think the, the his two biggest issues, no, the two biggest contributing factors to his success are one, his confidence, in which he has none at the moment because – like say what you will about his stat line, he's been snake bitten this season. He can't yeah. buy a goal. Like he literally cannot, short of a completely empty net and a tapping in front. Like he, I don't know what this guy has to do in order to get another goal. You know, like people like point out like he hasn't had any assists in the past little while. Yeah, but if you watch the games, he's actually set up some plenty of grade A scoring chances that his teammates haven't capitalized on. So despite his stat line being disappointing. Like you need to take it with a grain of salt because I think this season's like there's a lot of just bad luck involved, which happens in hockey, you know? Yeah. He's shooting at two point nine percent, which like he's never been a he's never had a high shooting percentage, but, but that's very him, low. That's that's through the floor low. But then the bigger contributing factor with him is I think like we talked about on an earlier episode, like he can never be Batman, right? Yeah. He can't be Batman. He can be Robin. But the issue is right now is nobody on the team's nobody's Batman. Batman. Everyone's kind of struggling. And when you're a player whose success kind of depends on you being placed with line mates who like balance, like, you know, balance out your style of play and you don't have that at the moment. Yeah. Your play is going to dip again. You know, what's ironic. If he had stayed in Tampa Bay, 
and like and things were good like they say they had a good relationship with the, the the franchise and everything was fine perfect situation for him no i think i honestly think if he stays in tampa he thrives yeah i think he does really well because the issue he came here and like when we were talking uh with mark during our with our interview with him like people like need to lower their ex- they just need to accept yeah. that he is what he is he is what he and is, the exactly. issue is is people this team's struggling and people assume that he's at fault, right? Like it's his, it's his reason or some, or, or, but the reality is it's. Especially the way Montreal is built. Yeah. There's no, like, I, I don't like the argument that like, oh, he doesn't have like the alignments that he needs. Those guys don't exist on this team. Yeah. So he needs to make it work. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have, he'll never be able to pass to Matthews. You don't have a Matthews. No, but even at that. So like... he needs, he needs to be able to play with the guys that are there and, it's not working, and I don't think it's because they haven't I don't think given him going to. opportunity. I don't think it's because they haven't tried him. Like, like he's starting sixty percent of his shifts in the ozone. That's like offensive deployment. And yeah. when he's on the ice, the team offensively is objectively worse by three percent in both Corsi and Fenwick. Like, mm. when he's on the ice, plays die right now. That's been like that all season. That's not just oh, I'm not finding my groove. That's someone who's just genuinely not great like he's but got it, talent i get that but at a certain point we have to stop assuming that oh this is not who he is i think personally those glimpses where he's amazing that's not who he is yeah that he's more this guy yeah he's not a five and a half million dollar player he's a two and a half three million dollar player that on the third line that has two really good defensive forwards fine but if you're counting on him to fix your power play or fix your scoring it's it's not gonna happen but i so mean again shooting, like he's shooting two yeah. percent that's not gonna sustain it's not sustainable he's usually a nine percent guy but the team is objectively worse with him on the ice right now and that's not just looking at it that's like with numbers also the team suffers when he plays because montreal is a really strong play driving team mm. and when he's on the ice they're just average like that's my thing is like like we like he I, I agree Chris he's not a perfect player but he also is what he is and I think he's better than this he's better than this and like to to, to the biggest thing with him was just like people were discrediting him for his lack of effort or, or, or you know he just never gave a shit and like at the start of the season like he cares too much that was completely different that like take out like his stats or like you know like he was flying out there you know that I don't know. Sometimes, like, look at, I'm not that this is a ridiculous comparison, but look at Sid in Pittsburgh, the best player in the world, and very few wingers can play with him because just sometimes it doesn't matter how good players are, it just doesn't work. And sometimes, you know, I mean, again, if we're going to go, if we're going to go with Sid, like, yeah, maybe his wingers don't, you know, matter, but it's not changing the fact that he's the best player on the planet for the majority of his career. No, like, but. But that's not... at, at this point, Drury's tried enough guys and it doesn't work with anyone. At a certain so, point, it might be Drury, is what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Well, it's but a I combination mean, like, but like, of, look at like... the list of guys. Like, what, what, look at the, like, the joke. Like, look at the list of, there, there have been a lot of guys, which, because there's been a lot of guys, doesn't mean any of them have been good. But here's the, the thing the, is like, the but, roster, but that's, a, that's, a team, that... that's a team that's built. You, like, he's yeah. tried everyone on the roster. Right. There's no one else to play with. That magic player is not coming. Um, he needs just, to figure it out with the guys that are there, and that's also not going to happen either. Is the thing that sucks here. Like we we like we talked about, we need to just accept that Drew is who he is, and this right, is that's, that's who my he point is. this whole time. But it's like just... this is who he is. He's done this yeah. for 
for the past few years too. He's gone through stretches like this for the past few years. He's gone through stretches where he's a point per game player for a point per game player for like 30 games too. But this is just who he is. So it's a it's it's really a it's a it's an unfortunate and frustrating situation because you sit here and you're like, well, this is what we're dealing with. This is what would help, but yeah. that's never going to happen. If he could figure it out on this team with with what he's got, but he's tried, he's done this for years, and that's not going to happen either. So what do you do? Like it's it's just at the end of the day, it's a trade that has not panned out, and like it it, it 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 hasn't been bad, but at the end of the day, it's just a trade that put him into a situation that he was not going to succeed in. And we didn't know that. I'm sure Bergevin didn't know that's the kind of player he was. I'm sure Drouin didn't know. When Drouin first came mm -hmm. over, I remember that offseason there, he was interviewing people on the street about himself, and they didn't know that it was Drouin interviewing him, one of those series. Yeah. And he's talking, like, asking people what their expectations are. And I remember one guy was saying, you know, like, oh, like uh, 30 goals, 80 points. And he's, like, nodding his head along with a look on his face of, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to get that. I don't yeah. think he knew. But No, nobody knew. That th I'm not saying that he's, like, not disappointed like not like it's just frustrating because there's no like what do you right. do at this point he is who he is the team is what it is yeah. they're not going to get those magic you put him back with the one center that's worked since he got here yeah and even then though there's there's a you there's put him a back ceiling with the one guy yeah so right. i don't know what do you do with the with jonathan drew at the end of the day like again and i like him for what he can provide and i think he has played some of the best hockey of his career this year the best hog of his career overall, like is his his well, like as far as a well-rounded game goes. And again, even if that didn't translate to to great results in the underlying numbers, at least it's an improvement over what it was, and the commitment is yeah. there to improve those things. But at the end of the day, he is what he is, and you just yeah, have to accept that he is what he is. And like everyone is at war with that. Everybody, every Montreal fan is at war with that on some level. Well, it's because the issue is, is too many people. Like again, like I said, like I'm not saying that he's not like compared to what people have thought, I'm not going to act like it's not like a disappointment, but like the issue is people need to stop acting like he's the solution because he's not, but people, yeah. people also need to stop acting like he's the problem because he's neither. He's, yeah. he's, he's part of both. Just a guy on the, he's just a part. He's just a, right. He's just a part of the team. Yeah. And look, yeah. like again, it's, you put it's him, not I, fair. You put him with the one center. It's not fair yeah. to put it on his shoulders. Like he's Sidney Crosby. It's not fair to be like, well, the team's struggling. What's going on, Jonathan? Why don't you pick right. it up and get them out? Of, like, no, like he can't do that. He's not sitting. He's not that. Exactly. So it's not exactly. fair to do it like that for sure. And to treat him like that. Um, we've covered a lot. Well, we haven't covered a lot. We've talked a lot <laughs> about Montreal. Uh, quickly. I want to talk about Caulfield and I want to like, let's keep this short. I say that knowing that that's probably not what's about to happen. I think right now the Caulfield situation, aside from being a mess, like cap wise, I think it's just like the most unfair thing in the world right now to put Cole Caulfield in the lineup. And I know it's probably coming and a part of me wants it. I want to see what he looks like. I definitely want to see how he looks at the NHL level just to, to get an idea. But wow, is this an unfair time to do it? Like it's risky. I don't like it. Yeah. You, you put him in there. If you think he's really ready, you don't put him in there cause you have nothing else to lose. I've, I've been, I've been seeing so many people tweet that like, Oh, what else do we have to lose? Uh, a lot. Yeah, actually. It could fuck like, up his development. Like, like no, like Chris said though, like you, there's no harm in putting him in for a little bit, and if it doesn't work out, you take him out right yeah. away. Give him a look. But like my fear is like, yeah, but my fear is like, I don't know when has Montreal ever really treated like developed a prospect properly. That's the thing. You know what like, I mean, like, Montreal. Has that's my fear. A lot of examples of players exactly. that they've done this with, right? Like where they bring yeah. the Guillaume Latendresse and the Louis La yeah. Louis LeBlanc, 
Louis LeBlanc was brought up when he was like, that guy was never an NHLer. <laughs> not even close. And like, that's my thing, right? Like you only put him in if you genuinely think he's ready. Yeah. None of that. Oh, we have nothing else to lose. You put him in if you think he's ready. And, um, you know, like I, I personally think if they weren't planning on playing him, they, they should have left him in Laval, but that is what it is. Especially for the three games in four days or whatever. Like I don't, yeah, I didn't understand that either. Because now he's playing no hockey. Like, outside of practice. But practice isn't the same. Like, he's playing no hockey for an extended period of time. Which means, like, if you do decide to put him in the lineup, like, near the end of this road trip or something, like, it's a long time to not be playing a game. To be playing a game. Like Maybe they have a very specific plan for how they want to utilize him. And they're trying to teach him as much as possible in a short span. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that was a curious move, for sure. Not sending him down for those those three games. Because, like you said, he's not... He's not getting game action. So yeah, he's just what are we, mind you, he's sitting with? up in the box with Gallagher. And if there's one guy you want him sitting with, yeah, it's Gallagher. So for sure. But it's just, you know, a weird situation. And I, I want to see him get a look. I just hate the fact that like, he's once again, got all the fucking savior pressure on his shoulders. And the situation yeah. is like, they're in dire straits. They need some help. They need reinforcements. They need that star talent that they don't have. And Caulfield is coming into that. And it's okay, just, there's a I, few guys on the team who can who can teach him how to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I just really hope that it's not that it doesn't take a turn or that like he doesn't show well enough that they keep him in, but he wasn't ready. You know what I mean? And it, it hinders right. his development long term. That's my, my yeah. concern. Uh before we go on to the Leafs, Chris, you have anything on uh, on Caulfield? No, I'll stay out of it. <laughs> Fair enough. That is fair. Uh, that's going to save us some time too. That's this is that'll probably keep us to an hour. Thank you, Chris. Uh, the Leafs, the Leafs are struggling too right now. Things are not great in uh, in Leafland, and that power play is still struggling. They I finally scored on uh, on Monday. So so I was I was you know um, the Leafs make me sad because that's what they do. <laughs> uh, and I was worried about like hey like if they're playing this poorly. What does it feel like? Like how how much better is the rest of the division playing? So in the last ten games for the top four teams that are in the playoffs right now, the Edmonton Oilers got thirteen points. They scored twenty five goals. They got twenty four goals scored against them. They shot ten percent, and they had a nine two zero save percentage. Okay. The Winnipeg Jets got thirteen points. They scored thirty goals. They got twenty one against them. They shot ten percent and got a nine thirty save percentage. The Toronto Maple Leafs got 12 points they scored 30 goals they got 34 scored against them they have a nine percent shooting percentage is far below their usual and they're getting saved at an 880 clip hmm. so the leafs are playing the most unlucky stretch of hockey humanly possible and the oilers and jets only caught up one point yeah that's been my take on them, like watching them too. I haven't watched every game, but the games I've watched, like my my view on them, like it, it doesn't concern me. This like this losing streak for them. I, like, no, let's get well, that out of the this, way. This this streak is more concerning to me than the time they lost. Was it like six before they went zero and six, ten and zero, and then zero and five? They just look like it, it, the eye test for me shows what you just said. That it's just been like incredibly unlucky, and you know, yeah, some goals that you want back, but at the same time, they, like Campbell look, was playing at play. five on five, they're dominating play. Yeah, their penalty kill was great for a stretch there, and then it's the last three games it's cratered again, but it was getting actively good for a bit. The power play is a problem, yeah. and I know they scored on Monday, 
and they went back to having the the five big guys on the power play unit and i like that try that for a bit longer because it definitely works for god's sakes let nylander carry the puck it's literally the thing he's best at and we have matthews and marner do it every single time nylander can carry the puck and on that one power actually the last two power play goals that we scored in the last what under 40 power play opportunities both of them have been William Nylander carrying the puck in. There's, he's been great since coming back there. There's there's a reason that it leads to goals. He's he's one of the best in the NHL, period, at carrying the puck up the ice. So if they get him to do that more and they let him play, um, he plays the net front but a little bit behind the net, which I like because it kind of spreads out the defense a little bit more. And, I mean, the guy in front of the net is just getting his back hacked through cross-checks anyway, so it doesn't really yeah. change anything. I like those five guys, and I think it'll be fine, especially because in the playoffs there are no fucking power plays. <laughs> um, five on five, they're controlling play. I we just need we just need a goalie. I, I'm not sold on like oh Campbell's done, but obviously he's not a god. Hopefully he's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and that's fine if he is. If he's a nine like in the middle, that would put him at nine ten. That's fine. That would be the best goalie the Leafs have had this season. So, hoping is a little more like that eleven game winning streak, Jack, than he is the last three recent games where he hasn't history tells us that he probably is the, the yeah it, the, exactly. The like we talked about streak. last podcast of the last seventy games. I think he's fifth ranked in save yeah. percentage. So, like, so there's a goalie there. It's just it's it regression happens and if you are really good for a long stretch you'll be really bad for a long stretch and you'll be in the middle when it's all said and done yeah so let's hope he's more towards the middle um other than that like zach hyman's gone but nick Foligno will play tonight it'll be his first game uh sandines look good when he since he's come back like the game on monday he was amazing uh, a good player right there sandine yeah that's that's a guy that I, i'm really glad they didn't trade because that yeah. he'll be the morgan riley of this team for the future. Yeah. Um, Bogosian, I don't know if you guys saw him take that fall where he put his ankles all jumbled into the boards. I and didn't he somehow actually. skated off on himself. It. He's going to be out at least a week. Okay. So right now we're seeing Sandine Dermott together, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Hutton got a game here or there. How's Hyman doing? What's going on with Hyman? Two, two weeks at least. Okay. Two weeks at least. MCL sprain. Okay. Not a tear. That's good. That's good news. I would just let him rest as long as he needs. Yeah. It's really yeah, fine. Absolutely. If the Leafs can play this poorly and only lose one spot in this, like one point in the standings, just let him rest. I'd rather he be healthy for the playoffs because him, they're going to need. Yeah. And I'm just imagining like the playoffs, seeing them in the playoffs is getting me through right now. Cause I'm just picturing Galchenyuk, Matthews, Marner carrying a shift and then following immediately by Foligno, Tavares, Nylander, and then followed immediately by who the hell cares? Who the hell cares? Zach Hyman. <laughs> That's good shit. Yeah. So, yes, they make me sad. Yes, it's annoying to lose. But, hey, all the credit to Vancouver because that's awesome that they got yep. those two wins. Absolutely. And you can you can say that a win was amazing for one team and the loss doesn't have to matter so much for the other team. It doesn't have to be a demoralizing. Yeah. The, the losses to Vancouver are not the David Ayers game. No, it's not the same thing. I heard uh, Jeff Merrick comparing, or was he comparing to that? Or someone he mentioned, or someone on Thirty One Thoughts mentioned 
that it was I think I think they both said that the comparison was harsh. Yeah. And I think it's harsh also. I don't think it's it, not I, a good loss. It's also but not it's really not it as bad. It doesn't line up. Like I think that's that's just a dramatic media narrative if anything cuz like that yeah. this is it, it just doesn't. Like I'm sorry. It, it, I get I get that they just went through COVID. They were off for a while. Like those are still NHL players. And we've seen Cinderella yeah. like or just like uh like when players or teams and, rally around a set of circumstances and have an amazing performance, you see this happen in sports. Like this, the I Leafs think, still I played th- a great game. I think in both games, in both games, the Leafs had like eighty percent of the expected goals. Yeah. Like at a certain point, like yes, I I also one of the people that will say if you get goalied this often, it is a problem. But like, as a miracle story, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And even that, It'll like, be fine. I, I wonder, like, I know they've been goalied a lot. I wonder if it's not, like, an outlier where, like, they really are just getting goalied this often this year. Oh, no, but they absolutely are because there there are amazing performances played against the Leafs. But you, you have to understand that, like, you're in first place. You're not going to get a shitty game. No For one's sure. coming into the game thinking, oh, we can coast this one. You're going to get the best game out of the other team every single time. So it's yeah. normal you get goalied. That's but some fine. seasons, that's going to lead to different results than other. You know, like sometimes you do have that outlier where it's like it's like a shutout, right? Like some seasons you see a goalie get twelve shutouts, the next seasons you got one. Like it's just like one of yeah, those it, things where sometimes you'll get that stretch is, where teams it, are just killing you. Of the pro sports in North America, hockey is by far the most luck based one. Yeah, these things happen. The best you can do is try and build a team that every game seems to dominate. Yeah, and. I think it would be impossible for anyone to say that the Leafs don't look like they dominate 90% of the games. Yeah. yeah I, I, That's yeah, a recipe yeah. for success as long as they can get league average goaltending. Yeah. And we'll see if that comes. I mean, look, between Freddie, Riddich, and, and Campbell, there's got to be... Someone will figure it out. Someone yeah. has to. Those are three good goalies. Someone's got to figure it out yeah. there. Just good, they're a good team. Again, like I, I, again, I, I, I'm not concerned. I'm really just not that concerned about them. And like, I, I get it when you get goalie that often, it, it does say something for sure. But I, I look at the, the roster and it's like, you can't have star talent like that and have getting goalie that much be sustainable. Like it's it, at a certain point, something's going to give. Cause like Matthews leads the NHL in posts. The least le- the Leafs lead the NHL in, or sorry, they're the last place team for post luck. Yeah. So, like, if you consider a post against your net, a net a, like a positive luck, and yeah. uh, against the uh, if you hit a post, it's negative. I think the Leafs are like minus twenty eight. Like, it's just there you go. These are absurd numbers that are not sustainable whatsoever. Yeah, it sucks. But the overarching concept here is the Leafs are a dominant team, easily a top five team in the NHL, and if they get any kind of any kind of basic 9-10 safe percentage goaltending, they will crush every team not named Colorado, Tampa Bay, or Carolina. Yeah. That's my feeling on them is basically just like block out the noise and stay the course. Just keep playing well. <clears throat> just keep keep focusing on on doing the good stuff. Obviously, you want to you get, fix your, your special teams for sure and, and really work that out. But overall, like things are going real fucking well. Like you guys are... The- you're rolling. Even the power play, the the forwards are too talented for the power play to be this bad. Exactly. It does not you, make you sense. You could coach That's that. You could have the worst power play coach ever, and it wouldn't be this bad. 
one's right now. You got, you got 10 games left until the real hockey starts and then we know yeah. how it goes. but that's exactly the point right like so that we've said it before and we said, we'll say it again nothing the leafs do this season matter if they can't yeah. get past the first round yeah. that's the only bar that counts for them it's the only bar that should count for them so i'm not going to lose sleep over the current form show me in the playoffs yeah i think that is the perfect time to leave the leafs cuz that really just sums up their season in a nutshell Okay, uh, women's hockey coverage. There's not a ton going on. It's the offseason right now, but the big news, obviously, is the World Championships have been canceled. Chris, if you want to go into more detail, I'm going to pass it over to you. The Women's World Champion, the 2021 yeah. Women's World Championships, which were canceled last year, and they were also supposed to take place in Halifax. Yeah. So with this cancellation, which, by the way, completely within the rights of the Nova Scotian government to cancel to protect the people of Nova Scotia. There's nothing wrong with that. No. What sucks is that the players were already in their camps, already following protocols. They'd already quarantined. They'd already started camp. They, you know, they haven't left their hotel rooms yeah. except to go to the rink. They've been testing every other day. They're already in that process. Like for them, this tournament was happening in two weeks. Like they're deep into this here. Yeah. And to have it's it canceled late. for a second year in a row is is gut is gut wrenching. And there's no, there was no backup plan. So. There's been no top-level women's international hockey competition in the last year. And meanwhile, and this is like this, the, the worst part, WIHF has staged a men's under-20, yeah. the men's worlds, and they're scheduled to have the men's U18. The men's U18 is happening this year, and the women's world championships got canceled. Yeah, The, the, the blatant not having a backup plan... I was just going to say, like, it's one it, thing... It reminds me... Ty, you would know because you've seen it. It reminds me exactly of what hockey tournaments do when they have to figure out prizes to give for the girls' teams. And it's just, you can tell it's rushed, it's panicked, and there's zero effort put behind it. And that's what's frustrating. I understand that COVID is a big deal. If it's not if it's not possible in Halifax, by all means, don't play it there. Yeah. But have a backup plan. They had a bubble for the world juniors. A whole bubble. And they, and like there were more than one city that was ready to do it. You can't tell me there's not more than one city that wants to host the women's world championships. Yeah, I mean that's that's there's, the big thing is again it's not their fault. It's not WIHF's fault that it got canceled, but it is their fault for not having a contingency plan here. Like they they didn't have yes, anything lined exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not and, like and it's, it's not it's, like they should just get off scot free because oh like it's not our fault. Like it was it was out of our hands. It was canceled. Like there's still more yeah we're in a pandemic. Health, health is number one priority for everyone. Absolutely, that's fine. But there, there is, there's, there's a way to have a backup plan for all these things. Yeah, and they chose not to. That's the problem. Yeah. So, like, especially they, given so how the, heavily like men's tournaments are outnumbering the the women's, right? Like, you you would think there would yeah. be that much more importance placed on this one. There hasn't been an organized professional women's like national tournament since the CWHL folded. Jesus. And the Olympics are supposed to happen next year. Yeah. Like, like so, so these players, they, and they refuse to call NWHL players. So the PWHPA, PWHPA players who will play for the national team will only have those showcase games and whatever practice there is. Mm. I know that they've prom- the WHF promised that they're going to try and have the tournament in in the summer or in September, but like times are running short here for you to make your, your fucking Olympic rosters. This is not a mistake they could afford to make. And they made no, it anyways. Exactly. 
Like that's that is way too long to go without national team play in the run up to an Olympics. Like it 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 would never ever happen with men's hockey. So the, the women's hockey calendar in the last three years has been almost entirely wiped out. This is from Haley Salvian, so it gives you a sense of like exactly what's happening. 2019, 2020, four nations cup canceled. 2020 and 2021 world championships canceled. And the last international event was the 2019 women's world, which was also the year the CWHL folded. Yeah. That's insane. Insane and unacceptable. With that in mind, you would have thought they really would have put a lot of emphasis on getting this one right. And they didn't. Yeah. And that's they the issue. Their ass. Again. They showed their ass again. They consistently yeah. show their ass. And in in some lighter, you know, less terrible news, the so NWHL. So there's a there's a few things that I want to cover quickly, and then because there's not much else to talk about, uh, the Montreal franchise that we were hopeful for. There's some reports that it might be postponed a year. So okay. instead of playing in 2021, 2022, they'll play in 22, 23. Mm. It's still happening, but it might take an extra year to set up properly. Yeah. That's um, given the draft time. is supposed to take place sometime at the end of June. There's no official date yet. And there's no word on when the free agency will start and what the salary cap is either. So that's stuff that when I get, we'll have segments on, like we'll definitely talk about the NWHL draft and we'll definitely talk about signings when they arrive. It's just, it's the off season. So it's, pretty dead right now and that's sucks the only thing that we had to talk about was the team canada camp and i was going to yeah. list off some players you might know and and some of the lines they were practicing with but like it's all, it's, it's all yeah. for nothing now yeah embarrassing yeah definitely a very very unfortunate turn that that took and it's, it's one of those things where it's it doesn't seem like that big of a deal until you start to to dig a little bit under the surface and compare it to the way they treat men's hockey there's no way that happens to men's hockey right? Like hockey or the double IHF would never let that happen. That there would be this big of a gap between. They, they had the men's tournament last year. Yeah. No one even likes the men's tournament. The, yeah. the NHL players, they have to be begged to go. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's not even this. It has no value for the men's, the men's game. And they still made it happen. Like yeah. that's, I don't it's, even know uh, what to say at that point. It's pretty bold. It's, I mean, look, it's a, it's a very, very, long-standing culture right like this is something that wouldn't have caused people to bat an eye 10 years ago or 15 20 years you know like people would have let it slide a lot easier so it's the kind of thing that hopefully they're you know getting getting their feet held to the coals enough this time around that they realize that these kind of things are not okay like these can't fly this is not good for for growing the game it's not good for women's hockey it's not good for hockey in general so um storylines to look out for for the next two weeks Personally, I'm looking at the Habs, how they're going to turn around here. Um, and I'm looking at the playoff races. Honestly, uh, in the West and the Central, there's some some cool races going down. And I'm, I'm really watching that. Like the Nashville surge has been interesting. UC Saros has been playing out of his friggin' mind. And Dallas is right Let's behind them too. Let's go Dallas. Yeah, Let's Dallas is surging. Dallas. Yep. Jason they're, Robertson, they're right Rupe Hints. Oh, yeah. Man, they've been good. <clears throat> yep. They are fun to watch. Jason Robertson has been something else, man. And Hints, I love watching Hints. He's just like a he. The the way he he's looks, like the way he skates, the way he plays. He's just he reminds me of like a, a wild Bronco. It's crazy. He's he's just really something to watch. He's fun to watch. He looks and he's playing injured. Different. Yeah, he's been injured all year. I know. 
and he's still killing it. So props to him there. And out west, like it's crazy. You got Arizona in a fucking playoff spot now. You got four games in hand over St. Louis, who's a point back. But like, come on, some weird stuff going on there. Who would who would have thought that the West Division this late in the season would look like Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, and Arizona? And but like it's also like there's a there's like a there's like a tier there, right? So yeah, Avalanche, Vegas, strong teams, Minnesota good team every other team in the division straight trash and one of them will be in the playoffs st louis like, even st louis is even the st louis is awful and they might make the playoffs and i'm telling have you have they been that bad whoever, oh they've been terrible really who at J- bennington especially putrid right after he signed that six million dollar deal i love to see that guy in pain it's perfect um <laughs> i knew he was i knew he wasn't wh- having a good season i knew they were underperforming i didn't know that they were like oh dreadful. they're they're awful the, whoever it is whether it's arizona or St. Louis, it's a dogfight to get absolutely fucked by the Avalanche or yeah, Vegas, and I'm exactly. so here for it. It's it's the one that's on your your mise au jeu on your bet that you're trying to decide between like the sweep or five games. I'm gonna take over. The other thing I want people to look out for, yep, is oh Steven Stamkos got hurt and his nine point is eight point five million are now off the cap. Oh, it's so convenient that Nikita Kucherov started skating last week. Wow, what are the odds? I assume we'll see, like I don't. I'm not saying that Nikita Kucherov wasn't hurt, and I'm not saying Stackwitz isn't hurt now. It's just Tampa is one of those teams where everything they just do. seems to work out so nicely for them all yep. the goddamn time. It's so annoying, and I guarantee you we'll see Kucherov before the season ends. I so think they'll so have too. a rested, healthy, and informed Kucherov for the playoffs. Yep. Fuck everyone else. They're still this saying oh so that- good. They're still saying he's not expected back before playoffs, but like I don't know. Every I don't believe way, I don't. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Same here. Dude, they're gonna put him in before. They're gonna want him. They're gonna want him to get his legs going before the playoffs. Start. That's what I was thinking too. If if he's yeah. capable of it, they're gonna let him do it. I've gotten yeah. stashed on the IR and a <clears throat> fantasy team, hoping for it. Yeah, I lost some fantasy, so I don't do that anymore. Oh, that's too bad. Ty, what are you uh, What are you looking out for over the next two weeks? Um, dum dum dum. I want my team to do well. But I want them to do well before I, I buy not buy back in, but before I really bite into this. Yeah. I've been tricked too many times. Yeah. I've been tricked too many times. They do this thing all the time where they look like crap for a while and then they have one game where you're like, oh, like this is it. They're turning the corner. And then no. It's not even close. So yep. <laughs> I think the team's a lot better than they've been playing. Uh, but I'm not I, I want to see some real consistent hockey because yeah. you know, the the season's winding dying down now and Chris, I love you, and I know you'll be ecstatic, but I will not be a very happy camper if I have to watch the Leafs and ha- Leafs and Habs face off in the first round, and the Habs go in looking the way they have yeah. right now. It, it, am... Even if, like, no matter what, like the fact that we're both on different sides of that, it'd be the first time they play each other in forty-two years oh, in the playoffs. That's that's crazy. Yeah. It would be phenomenal and be a blast. And you know what? Like at the end of the day, like <clears throat> if the even if the Leafs beat the Habs, like. It would be so cool just the fact that, like, you know, the Leafs, like, the ongoing joke is the Leafs have never made it past the first round. Like, and, like, the, not never, but, like, haven't in how many years? And, like, that's the joke, right? And, like, do, do you know just, how many tweets I have saved yeah. that I'm going to bring back <laughs> it's of, just, pe- of people saying Montreal is better built yeah. than Toronto? It's Let just me tell you, so, if Toronto beats Montreal in the playoffs, I'm going to be not fun to deal with for about if, three months. Okay, and I'm so, not sorry about it. I mean... One playoff round doesn't prove anything about either team, but oh, um, if I mean, they I win the cup, it does. Tampa. 
Ask Thomas and have a no, 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 no. That you see, that's the thing. I've got so many tweets prepared. Speaking of tweets, I've got so many tweets prepared. If the Leafs magically pull this out and they win it all this year, I know it counts as a real cup. But if you don't think I'm going to start taking my jabs left, right, and center about how they needed a shortened season and a favored playoff matchup to get the, I'm going to milk that. Yeah, it's milk great. It. You'll be muted. It'll be fun. I won't have to me. hear you any of it. You can't mute me, Chris. You I won't be able to me. hear you with the cup rings oh in my, my ears, God. Tyler. <laughs> Chris, Come you on. I, Chris, you, you've watched me. I created a parody account and turned it into a franchise. You don't think I can do that again? <laughs> I'll do it again just so you can see my crappy tweets about how your Stanley Cup doesn't matter. Oh, All classic. right? I will do it. No, but no, but seriously, like, I think it's really cool that there's a chance that the Leafs have to finally get over that snide and it happens against montreal like that's a cool it'd be a cool storyline and, and it might happen against montreal like that's a real cool uh i'm i'm cool vaccinated story. if the leafs make it past the first round i'm moving to toronto for the next month mm-hmm. <laughs> good luck paying rent so that's that's what everyone's got to look forward to the next little while. toronto that's what you got to look forward to if the leafs win uh round one yeah you get congratulations Chris. toronto you sure you sure it's worth it if if do you think if the Leafs win a round, do yeah. they build the statue of Kyle Dubas out of pure gold or bronze? It's already built. It's tucked away somewhere in storage. It's definitely, <laughs> it's already built and tucked away in his little gold hand is the parade route that was drawn um, the year, no. the day Austin Matthews was drafted. No, I, w- I want it to be the two phones picture. <laughs> two phones? Looking like a drug dealer <laughs> standing with his two phones. <laughs> definitely playing games on one of them. He's definitely playing games. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! It's All right. no, but it's it's cool. I think it's a good one. Yeah, there we go. We got a great playoffs ahead of us and a great stretch run coming up over the next two weeks. So look forward to that. Uh, I mean, look, I think we've uh, we've uh, talked about all we need to talk about, right? Yeah, hockey was kind of boring recently, so there wasn't yeah. much to talk about. Yeah, it's a bit of a low energy episode. For, for a fun sport, there's a lot of really boring times. Yep. Except I got true. lively when I get to rant about the double IHF. Yeah, that's what, it's true. Chris really got, uh, got going there. Oh, my God. Cat's going crazy. All right. On that note, you can find Ty on Twitter at Tyler O'Connor. And you can find Chris on Twitter at at Chris6 or 7, but it's probably better if you don't come back. That's, I think I can vouch for that, actually. I agree. Especially if he's got those crappy tweets. And you can find me at hscratch. All that's of my tweets are crappy. That's how it works. Hey, hey, hey. My Twitter handle matters too, okay? Just because it's our, our company account doesn't mean that I don't get to save the handle too, okay? You can find me on Twitter at hscratch. That's Scratch the K. Okay? You can find us at Twitter. It's not your Twitter. <laughs> it's not even just me. You can find us at Twitter at hscratch. All right. It's been real, guys. Stay healthy out there, everybody.